0: I'm Agent Bender. You don't know me, but I know you. I work for the largest organization in the world. You've never seen us or probably ever heard of us, but we have a presence in every household, including yours. Don't believe me? Then we're doing our job. has anyone seen bender not in a while me either then again why look for problems looking for me
1: you have got to stop doing that
0: you're the one who showed me how
1: yeah i'm gonna show you a few more things if you don't cut it out and use the door like the rest of us (laughs) yeah
0: that's another thing the doors i mean why do we even have doors obviously we don't need them there's a lot of things around here we don't need it helps us to act and therefore think like humans You'll find that helpful when you're creating a twist. Yeah, what's on the menu for today? I'm ready for a little excitement. Well,
1: then today's your lucky day. Today we're going to look at a twist that most people not only find exciting, but pretty much irresistible. Sexual activity. Okay, what about it? What's the plan? Where's the twist? There's more, right? Not really. You see, Benner, if we can get people to think of sex only as an activity... Then the battle's mostly won.
0: Uh, I don't get it.
1: And a hush falls over the crowd. Sexual activity is an isolated event. An animalistic action only to be thought
0: of in the context of the moment.
1: I get that.
0: It's just... I thought sex was an isolated animalistic action only to be thought of within the context of the moment. Well, good. That means our methods are working. But I'm surprised they worked on you. Why?
1: Well, our tactics are designed to appeal to the baser desires of human beings, so it's surprising that they would work on you, an asexual being.
0: I'm an asexual being?
1: Well, of course. What'd you think?
0: I thought I was just incredibly bad with women. You are hopeless. Oh. I am now.
1: Bender, sex is a unique experience that the competition created just for them.
0: I've watched Animal Planet, and I can tell you it's not just for them. Amazing. What's amazing? Who's amazing? We bought into the entire twist. The Animal Planet, birds and the bees, it's natural, everyone does it. Don't you see? These messages are designed to transfer the focus from intimacy to activity.
1: The competition-designed sex is the ultimate expression of intimacy between two married people. We, on the other hand, have twisted that to become an act to be pursued whenever, wherever, and with whoever possible. Show them,
0: Snow. Hey, hold on. Rather just be friends if it's all the same?
1: You moron, just watch the screens. Okay, back in the 60s we tried the free love movement, but that had limited success. Mostly on the West Coast. We discovered that people actually wanted to have rules when it came to sex. It made them feel like they were higher than the animals.
0: So, what did you do? We just twisted the rules a little. Such as? Okay, there are a lot of them. Like, sex is okay between consenting adults. The most important thing is to practice safe sex. And a popular one lately is the idea of casual sex.
1: You know, friends with benefits.
0: That's friends with benefits? I thought it meant they had a dental plan. <laughs>
1: It's all part of the twist. You see, the key is to get them to take baby steps. We offer them small doses of sexual temptation. They don't even realize that their viewpoint is changing. Snow. We use various media. Uh, TV, movies, magazines. Oh, yeah. I've seen the magazines before, like Red Book. I thought you were talking about magazines like... Baby steps, remember? There's an article in here about how to please your man. It doesn't matter if
0: he's your husband or not. Plus, our studies show that people leave these lying around so we can get to their kids that way. And catalogs are great for that as well, like this one. Every 13-year-old American boy is dying to know Victoria's Secret. And this is our most effective magazine, TV Guide. It's our card catalog of carnality. It tells you who's sleeping with whom, on what channel, at what time, some in high depth. But we get a lot done with television. We used to in the old days, but now today, this is king. Cyberspace. The internet has exceeded our wildest dreams. Google sex. Searching under sex, it says about 513 million results. About that many. We can't keep count, there's so many out there. But shouldn't we be pushing people outside, away from their computers? Why? Huh. Being an asexual being, I have a lot to learn, but it seems easier to me to
1: get people involved in sex if they're around other people. You're still missing the point, Bender. Don't say it. We're destroying their capacity for intimacy.
0: But what's the point? They're still having sex, and as far as I've seen, it seems like they're still enjoying it.
1: You're still thinking in terms of the moment. You have to take the long view. We've twisted the ultimate expression of intimacy and used it in many people's lives to destroy their potential for intimacy.
0: Look at their lives. Look at their ability to sustain relationships. See how much of themselves they're willing to share with others.
1: More importantly, look at their relationship with the competition.
0: Oh, I get it. (laughs) But he drops them like a bad blind date if they fool around. Interestingly,
1: no, he doesn't. He's there for them, but they just don't know it. Remember, if they can't experience true intimacy with someone they can see and touch, then it makes it more difficult with the competition. Who they can't see or touch. Exactly. Now, let's get to work.
2: How many of you were raised uh, being taught not to have sex before marriage? I grew up in a very conservative home. We went to uh, church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. It's just what you did. It was a habit. And I remember being taught you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage. Isn't that absurd? No, it's not. Um, I I remember going through high school and and I was one of those guys that didn't have sex and and so we I would be in the locker rooms I played baseball and and football and basketball and ran track I did all of those things and I'd be in the locker room and these guys would start talking about their sexual conquests and at some point it would come to to me and they'd say Hey Washburn what what how far did you get and I'm like I kissed her and they said Really no come on dude you can tell us I'm like No really I kissed her I'm like Come on dude you and I and I said No I I've never had sex and they're like you never had sex and i said no and they go everyone is having sex and i said i'm not and then I went off to college, and, and I remember I I remained pure, and, and I didn't have sex. And then I met a girl named Janie, and she was raised in a very conservative home. And she was taught not to have sex. And she was a, youth, a leader in her youth group. She was even voted to be part of the youth minister search committee when she was a senior. She went off to college, and she didn't have sex. And everybody told her, she's crazy. She's missing out because she didn't have sex. And she remained pure, and then we got married. And, and I asked her one time, I said, why did you remain pure? Why were you a virgin? when we got married. And she said, because I heard you say you were going to marry a virgin. And she said, well, I'm marrying him, so I better be a virgin. She decided that long before I ever came to my senses. Uh, Some of you are thinking, well, that's a really nice story, but no one lives like that today. And besides, isn't this no sex before marriage? Isn't that really just for teenagers? Well, before I answer that question, let me ask you a question. Let's put this up on the screen. Has sex outside of marriage made life better or more complicated? All right. Well, thank you. More complicated. But let me let me give you some examples. So um, having sex outside of marriage, does that make it easier to break up with somebody that you know you shouldn't be with? Or does it make it more difficult to break up with them? More difficult. In fact, I've had, have had lots of conversations through the years and I've said to people, if you had not had sex with this person, you would have broken up long ago. You wouldn't have put up with all this other stuff. You added sex as this magical potion to keep you together. Had you stayed away from the sex, you never would have stayed together. It just doesn't even make sense to me. So if, if the whole idea of sex outside of marriage makes things more complicated, then no, this idea of no sex before marriage is not just for teenagers. It's for everybody. Now I graduated from Borger high school in 1982. How many of you were not born then? let's just get it out of the way. All right, most, well, about a third, maybe half of the crowd was not born when I graduated from high school. Now, uh, last month, we'd been selling my my parents' home. They died in, in 2013, and we did an owner finance thing, and I was going up to finalize the sale of the home. And when I got to Borger, and as I'm driving around my hometown, did the fact that I didn't have sex with anybody in my hometown, did that complicate my running into parents of people I went to school with, or did it make it better? made it better. Now, had I run into some people that I graduated with, did the fact that I didn't have sex with them, did that make things awkward or would it make things better that I didn't have sex? It make things better. And there's a reason I'm going to tell you some truths about sex today. And here's the first reason why, why no sex before marriage is better. And here it is. Number one is there is no such thing as casual sex. There's no such thing. It's a lie from hell. It's a twist. That people buy all the time. Free sex you saw it in the video. Or casual sex started in the 60's. And so now we're on 56 years. Since 1960. When free love came about. When when no strings attached uh, sex came about. And is life better today. Because of this free sex movement. Or is it more complicated today. Are marriages lasting longer. Or are they, or are they shorter. Is commitment stronger today. Or was it stronger back then. It was stronger back then. So this idea of sex before marriage isn't working. And in fact, um, this tells me some things about our view of sex. Did you realize that that if you look at the news over the past week or the past six months or even the past decade, 90% of the stories have to do with sex? Whether it's a presidential candidate being sued for sexual harassment or whether it's a, a, a Baylor University football coach being fired because he didn't do anything when women were sexually assaulted. Um, it, there's, there's stories everywhere. This is what this tells me about our view of sex. Our view of sex is broken. Which means the way we're approaching sex is not working. Now, if God loves you, if he's a perfect heavenly father and he loves you, what would you expect him to say about sex? Would you expect him to say, oh, just be responsible? Um, would you expect him to say, be safe, wear a condom? No, that is not what your heavenly father would say. Your heavenly father is not sticking his head in the sand because he's seen the destruction of sex outside of marriage and he knows how it's going to destroy you. So here's what the inventor of sex says about Says about it. No sex outside of marriage. Sex is only for married people. The inventor of sex says it is only for married people. Now, one of the reasons is that sex is like a fire. Fire inside a fire pit or fire inside a fireplace is good. Fire outside of that is bad. Years ago, I took some teenagers um, camping and, and these four junior and senior boys, great kids, but kind of goofy. They said, we don't want to sleep in a tent. We want to sleep out underneath the stars. So while you're setting up tents for the rest of the youth group, can we start a fire? And we talked about a fire pit. And and you have to understand the Brazos River was very low. And so there's lots of rocks, lots of sand. It's a couple hundred yards to the forest. And I thought, what can they do? How How bad can it be? So they start a fire while I'm running around helping everybody else get their their tent set up. Well, about 30 minutes later, I hear, uh, Doug, I think we have a problem. And I look up and I'm not kidding to you. The one tree, the single tree that was anywhere near our campground is on fire. I don't mean it's just kind of smoldering. I mean, blazing inferno. I'm looking at it thinking I am so fired because we're going to burn all of Possum Kingdom Lakes Forest down. Now, by the grace of God, this one tree was, had been in the river, but the river was so low at this time that, that it was on the shore. And I think the guys didn't even bother. If they started the fire in the fire pit, I think they were just going, let's, cause it was about a 14 foot dead tree. I think they're like, let's see if we can get it going. And it is blazing. And and here's the deal, this could have been incredibly destructive. Now, by the grace of God, there was no wind blowing, and and it fell over towards the river, and it was able to burn itself out, and I saved my job, and I'm a pastor today because I didn't burn down Possum Kingdom Lake Forest. But here's the point: it could have been so much worse. You see, um, you can run through the woods with sparks flying. But you see pictures like, put that picture back up there. You see pictures like this all the time, right? Every summer there's pictures like this. Because fire inside a fireplace or a fire pit is very good. Fire outside of that is very bad. Not just a little bit destructive, it is horribly destructive. And that's what sex outside of marriage is like. You see, when God created humans, he he brought together the first wood, the timber. And and he put it together and he poured this, this incredible passionate thing on there called sex. And it was designed for one man one woman and 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 it was it was beyond anything that anybody had ever seen because you know god created the animals first then he created human beings and god said i made sex up out of nothing and it is designed for humans and i want you to look at what your loving creator says about sex and it's in first corinthians chapter 6 now let me explain whom to whom paul is writing the Corinthians were very much like the United States in their ideas about sex, not in their technology and all that, but in their attitudes towards sex. They believed that sex was just something you do. It's like a pastime. It's like playing soccer. It's like playing softball. It's just something that you are involved in. It's just physical. Um, the Corinthians, they, they didn't see any problem with sex because they said, if you're hungry, you eat. If you're, if you're sleepy, you, you lay down and go to sleep. If you're frisky, you have sex. It's just something you do. That's the culture that they lived in. And their culture was so jacked up that you could even have sex at church because they had over a thousand temple prostitutes in the city of Corinth. And so men would come from all over. Baby, I got to go worship and go have sex at church and then go home and have dinner and play with the kids and go to bed. It is a jacked up society. And it's not so far from what we have in our country today. All right. All right. Now, Paul drops into this culture that says sex is something unique. He says, No, no, no. Let me tell you what God says about sex. This is in 1 Corinthians six eighteen, and we're gonna look at verse eight, uh section A, that just means the first part of verse eighteen. Most of you would probably agree with this. Here's what it says Run away from sexual sin. Now, I think most everybody in here would say, Yes, I agree, run away from sexual sin. But then if I were to ask you what is sexual sin, you'd say, I don't know. Is what you're doing sexual sin? Well, no. What I'm doing is not sexual sin. Even though I'm living with somebody that I'm not married to, uh, I, that's not sexual sin because I love them. Even though I may be married and I have some somebody over here that I'm committing adultery with, that's not sexual sin because I love them and I love them and I love them and they're just so much of me. I've got to spread it around. I would agree, run from sexual sin, but what I'm doing is not sexual sin. Looking at stuff on the internet, that's not sexual sin, is it? Well... Let me show you what the Bible has to say about sexual sin. Whether you believe what you're doing is sexual sin or not, the Bible's going to clear it up. This is what it says in the Old Testament. It's what it says in the New Testament. Here it is. The truth about sexual sin. Sexual sin, immorality is arousal outside the context of marriage. Any type of sexual arousal outside the context of marriage is immorality. It is sexual sin. And some of you are going, dude, if that's how you define sexual sin, I'm in trouble. Yes, you are. You're probably in more trouble than you realize. But I want you to see what he says next in this verse. Because this verse has been around for 2,000 years. We've just been ignoring it. The last half of verse 18. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Sex is in a category all its own. Not because God's up there and he gets all uptight about you having sex. It's not what God desi- thinks about sex. It's what you think about sex that, that has God worried. It's not like he suddenly goes ballistic because people are having sex. God invented it. The reason sex is in a category all its own is not because of what it does to God. It's what it does to you. Your reaction to sex. Sexual sin takes a toll on the human body like no other sin. Because it involves body, mind, and soul. That's why a young boy or a girl can be molested at 5 or 6 years old. And 50, 60, 70 years later they're still being destroyed by what was done to them. And it wasn't even their own choice to sin. It was somebody else's sin that came upon them. But sexual sin is so devastating. It's like a forest fire. It will destroy things In its path. And somebody might say, well, if it's so destructive, why did God invent it? Well, the next truth about sex. Sex bonds people together. That's what it was designed for. Verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? And then he answers, never. You see, here's what he's thinking. When, when I accept Christ, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of me. When you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. I am not the body of Christ by myself. I think that's why Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, there I'll be in your midst. You can't be the body of Christ by yourself. It takes other believers coming together. So when we come together, we are the body of Christ. And he says, how dare you worship God and then go take part of a, the body of Christ and unite with a prostitute. Now, this word unite is very, very important here. Here's the definition. It means to bond together, to glue uh, permanently together, to fasten something permanently together. The Corinthians were saying, we're not uniting, we're just having sex. Uniting sounds so permanent. When I go to the temple, that girl's just a girl. I don't know her name. She doesn't know my name. I didn't unite. And Paul says, yes, you did. You united They didn't think they united because they didn't understand sex. They thought sex was some kind of pastime, something you temporarily engage in. But God says, when you have sex with someone, you unite with them. Verse 16. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? We're not one. It was one time. And God says, you think it was an event. You think it was a pastime, but really it was a pathway that carried your heart far from God. See, when you have sex with someone, you unite with them. And when and if you separate, you take a part of them away. They take a part of you away with them. And there's nothing funny about sexual sin. I don't know if you've noticed this. When we get together with the band or we get together at parties, we talk about the dumb stuff we've done, right? And we laugh about it. George told me stories. I've told George stories. We laugh. Nobody laughs about sexual sin. It's not funny. Nobody sits around and tells us about sexual sin because it is not amusing, you see, when when uh, when you have sexual sin in your past, it's very, very difficult to get rid of. You can get over other stuff, but you can't get over that. You're married, and something that happened from your past comes up in your mind. You think, I thought I was over that. Where did that come from, sexual sin from your past? Um, it just complicates things. And uh, when you find the person you're going to marry... Let's say you're not married, you find the person you're going to marry. Why is it something that was just an event back then is such a big deal now when you have to tell them, you're not my first, you're not my only. What number are you? There, there's nothing funny about that, your number. And then you try to be honest with your kids, and your sexual past comes up, and it complicates things. It's not just an activity, it's a big deal. Paul says, the reason you didn't think it was a big deal is because nobody told you that, that sex is deeper than just physical. It's more than what animals do. It's uniting not just your bodies. It is uniting your souls. Fourth truth about sex. Sex is designed for intimacy. Sex is a physical expression of your deepest need for intimacy. And when you take it outside of God's design, you completely foul up your own ability to be intimate with somebody. You mess up your own intimacy factor. You've committed a crime against yourself. Now, at this point, Paul goes all the way back to Genesis. And this is what you should do. When Jesus was asked about marriage, he went all the way back to Genesis. When Paul was asked about sex, he goes all the way back to Genesis. At that time, God created uh, male and female. How many people were on the planet when Adam and Eve were created? Two. There were how many males? There were how many females? Yes. So there were two people. And look what he says. He goes back and God has already told them what, what sex is. And then he says, if you don't understand sex, you will misuse it, you will abuse it, and it will destroy your life. And then look, here's what he says. He's quoting Genesis chapter 2. For it is said, the two will become one flesh. Two, man, woman will become one flesh. When you become one flesh with somebody, when you have sex with them, you unite with them. And the reason some of you are struggling so much in everything in life, not just in your Christian life, is because you united with someone. You became one with someone years ago. And it's very, very difficult to un With them, all right, Cody. I've asked him to give me some help. Cody, take this piece of tape, and and Cody's just going to go around and he's going to stick this to as many people as possible. I'm going to stick this to as many. Lean up there, Joe. Would you lean up just a little bit? We're going to stick it to as many people as possible. Go quickly, Cody. All right, hey, bud, how are you? I just cracked your phone. You were doing a lot better until that. Can you lean forward there, Sandy? All right. Lean forward, lean forward. Yeah wow, lots of hair. <laughs> Hannah was ready for me. All right, that's good for now. Come back up here, Cody. Now, this this tape, by the way, duct tape is great, right? I love duct tape, it's everywhere around my house. We keep a lot of it. Now, how how sticky is yours? Is it very sticky? You think it would work very good? Yeah, it's probably going to fall off very easily, right? Okay, thank you, bud. So here's the point. Now, duct tape, if it's used more than once, isn't very effective, is it? Say no. How many of you, do y'all know what duct tape is? We are in East Texas, right? I mean, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay, so there's a bonding agent on here. It is designed to stick, but it's not designed to stick multiple times. You with me? All right. All right. Cody and Casey, now you stand up here. I didn't tell Casey she was going to be involved in this. I got to make this better than last time. All right, Cody, you hold those ends. The ends. There you go. Yeah, I did him first so that you could see. And... All right, now let's say that that the duct tape re- represents an individual. And the sticky part represents the bonding agent that God has designed sex to be in marriage. Cody and Casey are married. All right. So stick them together. Now, Janie and I were virgins when we got married. And, and sex is something that, that is like icing on the cake. It's not the cake itself, but it is sex. It's something that has, has bonded us together. And, and it's, it, she's the only one I've experienced sex with. I'm the only one she's experienced sex with. It is something that glues our marriage together. Now, let's say that Janie decided when she was at college that she's gonna have sex and I'm, I'm gonna have sex. Here's what happens when the first time you have sex. Now, you hold one side, Casey. Y'all try to separate that. Yeah, step back right here so everybody can see. I can't. I can't get a grip on it. What's the problem? It's problem. It works real well when it's the first time, right? Sticks together real well. All right. Okay. Now, hang on. Hang on. Okay. So, let's say that 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 they were they were promiscuous, whatever, when they were younger. And let's say that they gave their hearts repeatedly to other people so that there's no longer any bonding agent on the end. Then when they rip their heart away from somebody, this is how much they have to give the next person in line. Now, ladies, anybody in here? Any of you say you want this much of somebody's heart? Any of you say, you would? man, I just want somebody who's had sex with as many people as possible. Sign me up for that one. Anyone? Guys. Do you, do you want somebody that's had sex with the whole world? No. And here's the problem. When you try to rip away from them, you never fully unwon from them. Thanks guys. Young, sit down. Does this make sense? <laughs> yeah. Travis is clapping because he wasn't up here. Yeah. I know how you are, Travis. See, here's the thing. Sex outside of marriage is like robbing a bank. Yes, you get something, but it's not yours and you will pay for it. Sex inside of marriage, and I'm not saying that it's magical, but I'm saying it has the potential to bond your heart and your soul together for eternity. Or at least in this lifetime, because we're not married in heaven. Does this make sense to people? Sex is so much more than just physical. And deep down, I think this group knows what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying is true. You understand why God would say, run from sexual sin, because it is a destroyer of lives. God's saying, you'll hurt yourself. And some of you are going, no, I won't. I didn't know her name, and I'm not sick, and she's not pregnant. I'm free. And God says, you don't understand sex. Because you united, you bonded with her or him. And you're going to carry them with you the rest of your life verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple to the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, some of you are much, much too progressive to buy what I'm selling today. What I'm telling you is old fashioned. It doesn't work anymore. Here's what my challenge is to you. If you're one of those like, oh, he's full of it. Remember this message. Because you're gonna go out and you're gonna do your stuff, you're gonna thumb your nose at God, and you're gonna wake up one day and you are going to be empty on the inside. In my prayers that you'll remember. Some of you are going to make money. You're going to, you're going to have all the toys. You're going to have all the sexual partners in the world and you're going to wonder why you can't get from them what you desperately need. Intimacy. It's because you've completely destroyed your intimacy factor and you keep trying new partners, hoping to God that somebody will meet your need for intimacy, but they can't because you no longer have a capacity to be intimate. I'm just going to challenge you to remember and maybe you'll say, my way isn't working. Maybe I should try a, try a different way. Now, the vast majority of, in, of you in here, I think you you know what I'm saying is true. You understand sex outside of marriage is dangerous. Now, if you have been one of those people who have has done that, here's, here's the thing, here's the last truth about sex. I can be restored if I repent. Repentance means I change my mind about sex. Repentance means I used to think sex out of marriage was outside of marriage is okay. I no longer think that. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live under God's authority and I'm gonna do what God says. So I change my mind about sex. I change my mind about my body and I'm not gonna let my body be united with anybody else until God heals me and cleanses me and then gives me the ability to be intimate again. So you make lifestyle changes and you say to God, It wasn't it wasn't a pastime. It was a pathway. I don't like where it took me. I confess to you, God, that I have sexual sin in my life. And and here's the thing. You need to go back. You need to walk through every sexual sin that you've had and ask God to bring it to your remembrance. And you say, God, I confess I'm a sinner. I need to be cleansed. Repentance means making some big lifestyle changes. It means maybe I don't hang out with this person. Maybe I don't date this person. Maybe I no longer look at the Internet. There's some serious things you need to do, because if you don't make those changes, you're not serious about repentance. If you're single, I challenge you to mark your calendar. I'm not going to date for a year. June 26th, 2017. And you go, but but I might lose him. It's probably the best thing that ever happened to you. But she might break up with me. Hallelujah. 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 We'll we'll sing Handel's Messiah because you probably don't need to be with that person. Because you need to be cleansed, restored, and allow God to make you where you can even have the capacity to be intimate again. You got to make drastic changes because sex is so dangerous. Have you ever been to a zoo that's like Jurassic Park when the walls, you know, were no longer electrified? You remember that? In Jurassic Park, all the wild, crazy, dangerous animals are behind the walls. But then there's a malfunction and, and, and then all the wild, you know, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor and all that. They can come out and they just eat you at random, right? Anybody want to go to a zoo like that? I mean, think about if we had a zoo and we got the most dangerous animals on the planet and we built a wall and you could come in, but you couldn't get out. How many of you go, yeah, man, sounds fun to me. Well, that's crazy, stupid, dangerous. You're going to be eaten. Now, here's the thing. If you choose to go to the crazy, stupid zoo and you die, I mean, maybe you... You've just elevated the gene pool because you're pretty dumb if you're going to go choose to go in there. But anyway, that's another point. But if you choose to go in there and you get killed by some animal, that's on you and it only kills you. If you choose to do sex outside of marriage, it destroys generations. It affects how you react to your spouse. It affects how you parent. It affects generation upon generation upon generation. So don't jack around with sex outside of marriage. I dare you. Some of you are like, oh, no, no way. I dare you. Because if you do, if you allow, if you repent from what's gone on in your past, or if you say, God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pure. And, and by the way, we used to say pure until marriage. No, if you're married and you're having sex, that's still pure. I'm going to be pure the rest of my life. Then God can set you up for a marriage that is permanent, that is healthy, and that is Intimate. Does anybody want a marriage like that? Permanent, healthy, intimate. I have one of those. It's the greatest gift in the world that God has given to me. Is a permanent, healthy, intimate marriage. You don't get that by stepping out from underneath God's authority and thumbing your nose at him and saying, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You'll have a marriage that ends very quickly and you may have several marriages that end very quickly because you don't know how to do life right. You bow your heads for just a moment. Now, I know some of you, some of you are feeling shame right now because you're thinking about your sexual past. I don't want you to feel shame. Shame is from the devil. Now, conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. And if God is convicting you, the Bible says you confess your sins and God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if you want to walk in the light today, we're going to play a, a video um, of the song redeemed here in a second. Some of you may need to come up here and just lay before the altar and say, God, I'm sorry. And, and it may not be for sexual sin. There may be other stuff going on in your life. You just need to come up here and, and, and bow down. I just want you to think about your life, think about where you have have been going, the pathway you're on, and will it get you to a healthy, permanent, intimate marriage? If not, you need to change pathways. So as we play this song, you can watch it, you can just listen to it, whatever you want to do. Some of you need to do some serious business with God. Go ahead, guys. The cool thing about following Christ is you don't have to be defined by your past or redeemed means he's, he's paid the price. He stood in your place and you can, you can be fully washed and, and be part of his kingdom and, and do incredible things for his kingdom once he has cleaned you up. Um, once you take your registration cards and, and fill those out and on the back, you know, whatever, I always ask you to write something down because if you don't do anything with what God teaches you, you forget it. So write something down. What did God show you today? What is the truth that God showed you today? Is, is it that, that you need, you can be restored? Is it that, that there's no such thing as casual sex, whatever God told you today, write that down and then, then meditate on it this week.